I loved the way that Sue put this, we let go of perfect. And we've talked about letting go of perfect for a long time in this work. And the pandemic forced us to let go of perfect because we had a deep commitment to keeping our students, our families engaged, our staff safe, and we know we needed to move. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Joining me to continue our conversation from episode 158 are three leaders from the school district of Menominee Falls. Casey Blitchewick, the director of teaching and learning, Tina Posnowski, the principal of Valley View Elementary School, and Sue Lee, an improvement coach. When we left off last time, we were discussing the impact that listening to employees has made over, over the years and overdoing this work for year after year. The emotional bank accounts of trust that have been built across this school district has enabled these leaders to respond to challenges by leaning in on the organizational values. And today we're going to dig a little deeper into the improvement capabilities their team has built and how the school district of Menominee Falls improves access and equity for their students, families, and communities. So Casey, Tina, and Sue, welcome back to our show today. I enjoyed our conversation on our last episode. So let's just dive right in and and, uh, continue with our discussion. So Casey, I'll start with you today and this question. Can you discuss what improvement capacity, so we're going to get a little bit deeper today, what improvement capacities you built among your leaders and your team prior to the pandemic that supported your response in relation to what we talked about last time with staff and leaders. So uh, you talked about what you all had done prior to the pandemic. So can you give us a little bit more detail on that? Sure. And and so this commitment for us as a district has really been a a 10-year-long commitment. And those that were with the team at the beginning, you'll oftentimes hear us say it was like drinking from a fire hose of, of all the different techniques and tools and trainings that really became incorporated into what we do. And and so that certainly is that ongoing partnership with student education, evidence-based leadership, your evolution into the nine principles. Um, Our team across the district, Six Sigma training from a orange belt that was developed for education to black belts in our district. We really also believe in the commitment to every member in our team being trained in service excellence. That is day one of onboarding for every single category of employee and team member in our district. And then for our classroom teachers, a critical early training for them as problem solvers is our classroom continuous improvement training. And so we just had this evolving, deepening culture of everyone in the system having that improver mindset. And I believe that was just critical to our ability to be agile, flexible, and continue to pivot for nearly 11 months now. Fantastic. So, you know, it's interesting as I hear just the number of things that you all have done over the years. And just as a a side note, one of the things that we've heard from our learnings have have been the standards of service excellence, you know, the standards, the people who, the organizations and people who have implemented those basically said, you know what, they were really important during this pandemic. Like that that was one of the top three things. We, We could fall back on those. You'd 
can't believe how important they were. So, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have known that. Like at the beginning, I wouldn't have known that's what would have been one of those what one of those actions or tactics. But that's been our learning as well. So we'll hardwire that within our system as something that has to be a must-have based on based on what we learned there. So, you know, Casey, just a little bit more than, so how did your efforts improve access and equity? Let's shift a little bit to students and their families and your community. And, you know, on the last episode, we talked about learning loss and a little bit of learning regression. So now let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. How did, how did, um, how did the efforts ensure equity for your students, the families, you know, and then the community as a whole? Yeah, Jen, and I think it goes back to that just commitment at a deep level to service for all of our students. So when the physical school buildings shut down in March for us here in Wisconsin, we committed to making sure that students had access to all of those services that are, are that they need from our schools and from our district. So our school nutrition team very early on was making sure that meals and access to, to food and nutrition was not a barrier for families. We had locations set up throughout the district. There were home deliveries of that, that critical service. Our technology team was just amazing and creative in terms of how can we get our hands on as many Wi-Fi hotspots as we possibly can. If families had trouble with that, we were sending members of our team outside of their homes to help trouble shoot and we've we've got some great stories of of our team members that. talking <laughs> right with with families about how to make sure that there was nothing that was a barrier to their learning and our team just continued to think flexibly as we moved into this school year so for example, we recognized early that some of our families were going to need a fully virtual option layered on top of our intent to get as many students back safely in our buildings as our health metrics would allow. And so we developed that option and, and committed to doing it with our district teachers, with our curriculum in a way that would mirror that same experience as much as we could in a fully virtual environment to what students within our school walls uh, would experience. And so we really just committed to providing that service and that regardless of where you were or the method of instruction you needed, we were going to commit to that being the best possible experience for, for our students and their families. So nice. So Tina, just kind of connecting with you, same question, you know, what efforts that you all did improve the access and, and ensured equity for your students, families, and communities from your principal perspective? Yeah, so like I spoke about before, our partnerships with families was critical at this point. Um, you know, we were seeing their homes on our virtual meetings, things like that. And we were welcoming, you know, different people into our homes as well virtually. So our partnerships were really, really strengthened. Like I said before, also, we were asking parents what were the roadblocks and how can we help them with it? So like Casey had talked about, we had the Wi-Fi access points, we had meals, we had just many different things um, in order to help one another. And we were all just partners in this whole pandemic. Another thing that really helped improve our access as our parent meetings were virtual, but that was something that truly mm -hmm. I think will ever change. We were able to be, have that excellent service, like you talked about, or service excellence, it is around really the parents' schedule. So we've had parents, you know, joining us from the car on their car ride. 
or at lunch or on their break or things like that. And so it is really evened out that playing field. Parents don't have to take off of work and come into school for a parent meeting anymore. And I don't, I truly don't think we'll ever go back to that. It's like you had said before, it's that service excellence that we will continue. For students, you know, we had some students who thrived in this environment. And so we want to dig in and we will continue to dig in into finding out what what was it that caused them to be successful and how can we replicate that once we are all back in person. And we are all back in person right now, but we still have some fully virtual classes. And so one example of that is we have a resource room that is for all students. It's just an area where some students thrive in that smaller group or working in a quieter environment and sort of 25 students in their classes, they worked better when there was only 10 or seven in their class. So um, we will continue to work through that to find out, you know, what exactly helped meet the needs of every single student, because we were forced to, you know, go outside of our typical and our tradition and try different things. And we have found that some students were absolutely successful in those. And so we want to replicate that. And then lastly, with the community, like Casey talked about, our dashboard is public. And so our whole community can look over that. And our partnerships within our community was really strengthened. Everyone in Menominee Falls was committed to having students succeed and was committed to helping one another through meals, through Wi-Fi. There was just so many different examples of companies and the hospital that was just reaching out saying, what can we do to help anyone in need? So it really was a time that brought us all together. Yeah, I love that. You know, and what you're a couple of things, you're talking about those added benefits that we wouldn't have normally understood them to be, you know, and the bringing of the community together added benefit, our ability to figure out how to connect with parents differently, you know, added benefit. Um, And then the other thing I think what I hear you say is, you know, our research and continued understanding will will be to look back. I mean, we we want to look forward and continue to look forward, but let's look back, reflect, and really learn from when students excelled, why, when students didn't excel, why not, right? And really, Mm -hmm. really, and I know you all will dig dig deep into that. So with that in mind, Sue, you know, what mattered most as you were working through the classroom point of view, what mattered most and what did you learn? Let's start with you with that question. Yeah. And Janet, that's like a huge question because uh, (laughs) thinking about that, like, what didn't I learn? Holy cow. The the learning curve was a 90 degree angle during this time. And so when you think about what mattered most and what did I learn? Well, first and foremost, and I knew this before, but it's just down to the, you know, bottom of my heart is that I work with amazing people who care deeply about the work they do. They care deeply about their students and they care deeply about each other. And in that care, we knew that our focus didn't have to be on our people because we have, we have excellent people. So then what would we, um, during this time, like what did we need to focus on and how could we um, make changes? I learned that having and knowing, so just having them is one thing, but knowing your guiding principles makes a difference because we could hook every decision on, are we going in the right direction? Are we all heading our ship in, you know, in the same way? And that, that knowing part mattered. I learned just how strong our culture is and how it's become so much stronger. We are better communicators than we ever were before. We are better collaborators and we're better colleagues because we needed to have things crisp. So I know that, um, Janet, I'm sure you've heard Pat say, define the it. And we became very good at being crisp and defining the it so that we could help each other. And I think that this is something that we're never going to go backwards on. We have, we've taken everything to a whole new level. Yeah. 
also learned just like how important relationships are with students and families. These are so critical. You know, like we, we really listened. We really got to know our students and our families in a way that we probably, we probably maybe never would have before. And we know that 95% of problems are systems problems. So we learn to default to our tools. We learn to overcome our problems by using our tools and really defining those problems so we could chip away and remove roadblocks. And by the way, like when we talk about roadblocks, that's something that like has really helped us too, like that language of roadblocks. I'll be telling you way more things than you wanted, but yeah, I think good. about like giving up control. So, and Tina as a leader in um, at Valley View, one of the things is that you give up that control of all of the decisions. Yeah. You, you give it with guidance and support. People can do amazing things when you let them and you give them um, those tools and strategies. And we all talk about people who are closest to the work, knowing what to do. And we rely heavily on that. So Tina has really put that power into her staff's hands. And when I say staff, it's all staff to really to make those those changes. And if you were to come and visit Valley View, you would be seeing a living definition of shared leadership, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like. And that, that culture that I've really learned is what's upholding a lot of our changes. And, and I'm just going to kind of end what I learned with where we've taken our culture and our learning. So we are not just teachers teaching students now, and I'm finding this in the classrooms. It's so lovely to go there because uh, about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, we have some new electronic or digital math tools, and the teachers couldn't quite figure out how to use this one electronic protractor. And a group of students in one of the classrooms figured it out and oh, made wow. a video. And that video was then shared with the other classrooms and the teachers. The students taught the teachers. And yesterday I was working with a class trying to get some feedback in the virtual classroom about something, about music. And I couldn't get my screen to share, just like was not connecting. It wasn't working. And the students are saying, here's what you need to do. You need to press shift Windows T and it will bring up your queue and you'll be able to find your, you know, blah, 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 blah. So it, it's no longer just the teachers um, teaching the students or teaching each other, but we are now learning from our students and it is amazing. Yeah. You know what I hear? Shared leadership and shared teaching and shared learning, right? I mean, everything's in that shared environment and, and uh, so significant. So, you know, thank you, Sue, for the examples and, you know, very specifically, Tina, examples, you know, related to, to, to the work that you all are doing. So let's start, let's do the, you know, the kind of the, the same question. So what mattered most and what did you learn from the school leader point of view? Well, you talked about that emotional bank account and really trust in your teams is vital. This was a time when like all of us had said we really had to trust one another and lean on one another when we didn't know or when we were nervous or when we were worried or things like that we really had to lean on one another and pull out that trust so that emotional bank account is so very important um, having clear systems in place helps keep everyone focused and having them documented and written down as well. So that way anyone can take ownership of that system and lead the system. So I have found that that is crucial. Remaining committed to your hardwired actions like we've talked about. We spend so much time developing one another and working on these improvement practices and things like that and staying committed to them even throughout just builds a sense of security because it's in a whole world of unknowns right now, at least we had one thing 
that we knew was always consistent. And it was those hardwired processes and actions that we were staying committed to. Um, like Sue had talked about that high level of communication, feedback matters and using it to guide your improvement. So you heard about the people closest to the work. So whether it's staff, whether it's students, whether it's parents, but getting that feedback from them in order to help us of what is that next step. And then making sure that all of the levels of communication are all aligned. It just keeps everyone directed and keeping your arrows all going in that same direction. Um, and then Sue talked a little bit about it as well, but empowering those people who are closest to the work. And it's really not about delegating, you know, you hear as a leader, you have to be yeah. an after delegator. It is not about delegating. It is about empowering and it's empowering all staff, all areas, teachers, students, food service, custodians, you know, everyone. So if they see a problem, empower them to help find that solution and remove those roadblocks. So that way we can all stay committed to helping all students succeed. But um, I do think right. empowerment is huge. Yeah. And that's what builds engagement. You know, that's mm -hmm. the, that empowerment and sharing and working together is what really engages people in connecting with each other and moving forward in a most positive way. Thanks, Tina. So Casey, we'll close it out with you today. And you know, what mattered most to you? What did you learn from that district level? I think it comes down to two things that are connected. Um, we've talked a lot about it. One is our commitment to service excellence we could not have done what we did without that backbone that had just been built and supported and nurtured and maintained over the past 10 years. And I think that allowed us to do the second thing. And I loved the way that Sue put this, we let go of perfect. And we've talked about letting go of perfect for a long time in this work. And the pandemic forced us to let go of perfect because we had a deep commitment to keeping our students, our families engaged, our staff safe, and we know we needed to move. Typical to our approach of, of a change where we asked every teacher to shift their learning online, to completely upend everything that they've traditionally done in the classroom. If you, you hear our, our superintendent, Corey Gala, talk about this, he'll say it probably would have been a, a five-year plan for us and most of the people would have said, oh, I'm not sure we can do that. We accomplished it in five days. We continued to pivot and to meet the needs of our students, our families, and do so in a way that's been safe for them and safe for our staff. And I just could not be more proud of every single member, member of this organization, um, just exceptional human beings and members of our team. Yeah, thank you for, for closing it in that way. And, you know, Sue, when you first started, you talked about, you know, sailing the ship or moving the ship, you know, forward. And and I thought about, you know, you all probably remember the picture we put up with the, the rowboat, the boat, and, you know, some are rowing forward, some are just kind of, oh, I don't know what I want to do, and some are rowing backwards. And I think, Sue, you talked about, you know, we're all rowing in a in a common direction, and that's the that's a foundational piece we now have. And you know what, I, I just connected my mind to... A little bit, Casey, as you were you were closing, you know, even the boat isn't the same. Like the boat when we're rowing is changing. So it's not, you know, that's that, that's the way it feels now. I don't know about you all, but you're rowing and everybody's rowing in a positive way. But as soon as you get the, the boat rowing, the, the shape of the boat or the boat changes. And so you're having to row a little bit differently. So, you know, that's our world. And I think what I heard you all say, I mean, 
you know, we're, we've been talking about how do we transform when well, we have had to transform. We are in that transformational mode. It's not something that we'll get out of. That's just going to be the way that we continue to work. And the energy and Tina, what you talked about in terms of really empowering people to work through that um, and understand when that boat changes shape, then we empower people to know what the right way to row is in order to continue that. So you all are models of that. Just And I know that you've worked hard over the years and have worked hard this past year, uh, not only to provide just uh, the foundational components, but really, I think what you'll see is achieve excellence with your student outcomes and with your engagement with families and with the people you work with each day. You're phenomenal. Appreciate the opportunity to connect with you today. Thank you all. Here are a couple of thoughts I leave you with that I heard from our school district of Menominee Falls colleagues. (laughs) You know what they said? We let go of perfect. And you know what I know about them? They strive for excellence in everything they do. When most school systems will most likely see student losses in learning because of the pandemic, the school district of Menominee Falls saw some significant pockets of learning achievement. They credit this to a strong foundation they put in place by applying high-performing leadership principles and being highly focused on improvement. These district leaders have focused on hardwiring foundational, timeless leadership skills that help them manage the change and achieve high-performing results. We are very proud of the School District of Menominee Falls. To learn more about our upcoming virtual events like our leader roundtables and destination high performance, visit studereducation.com slash events. You'll hear more from this school district as well as some of our other partner school districts, partner higher education institutions, and government organizations. Just some outstanding organizations with some dynamic leaders doing work that is meaningful to who we are and what we want to become for those that we serve, especially our students and their families. I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast, rate us on iTunes if you'd like, and find us on Instagram. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.